Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or struggle to feel like you have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there, you just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you want to know the Bible better and you are just looking for any resource to help. Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're two sisters. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica, and we love to study the Bible, but we also love to help others understand it better. And we have found that when it comes to our own study of Scripture, bringing back the context adds to the understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. I'm taking the microphone. (laughs) Going with it. I'm used to it. I did call Erica about an hour ago and go, because Erica texts and she's like, it's constant thunder rumbling right now. And I'm like, loved it. It was cool, but it was a downpour. Mm-hmm. Yes. And hail. And, yeah. I, yeah. I was getting a little hail on it as I was driving over here. <laughs> and then I was thinking, do they have the garage store open for me so I can park as close to the garage? Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. It wasn't raining. It had, sl- it had <laughs> stopped. Yeah. So I was good. My kids were worried. Were they? Does about me? Aunt Ronnie, maybe? <laughs> I know. I was worried, too. <laughs> It slowed down, but it was a pretty good downpour. So, but before we get started, we do want to say in about a month, yep. Erica is a retreat speaker for what did you say, Brian? Life Action Camp. Life, Life Action Camp. Life Action Camp. Dot org. Erica, it's a mother daughter retreat. Yep. September fifteenth through the seventeenth. Fifteenth through the seventeenth. I'm going to repeat it because I have the microphone. Yep. So, those of you in the Niles, Buchanan, South Bend, South Bend area, Michigan, Illinois. You are more than welcome to come register. Join Erica. She'll have all three girls. That means Brian gets a boys weekend (laughs) with a 13 year old and a six year old. (laughs) We'll find some trouble to get. Lots of Legos, Nerf guns. (laughs) Yeah. I did hear somebody wants a Nerf gun for his birthday. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but those of you in that area, if you want to come here, Erica, in person, you are more than welcome to jump on lifeactioncamp.org, yep. register. But also, that means Erica is available as a retreat speaker. We've promoted her as a women's retreat speaker, but she's also a mother-daughter retreat speaker. Yep. I so. do have daughters. Yes, yeah, she does. And Three of them. <laughs> yes. I was the better daughter, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oldest. I was the favorite. We all know it's true. <laughs> she's not here so i can say yes she does because brian will probably agree with me the oldest is the best yeah i think yeah, so i i think so because we're more organized mm-hmm. we're more responsible, responsible. and so <laughs> humble yes the humblest yes so from one oldest i will pass it over to the other oldest and say take us back to habakkuk okay well we're continuing through chapter two mm-hmm um and how much review do we want give a one minute summary okay habakkuk is living in a tumultuous time his society is falling apart he's frustrated he feels like he looks around and just sees violence wickedness evil within his own community his own country and chapter one is him crying out to God. It's a personal 
mm-hmm. conversation between Habakkuk and God, and he asks God one question, essentially, God, how long are you going to stay silent? God gives a response in chapter one and says, oh, don't worry. You think this is bad? It's about to get worse. Not encouraging. Then Habakkuk, he takes a couple steps back, says, well, okay, if, if this is the situation, God, like how can the, how can the wicked cons, um, consume the righteous? Because God is saying, it's going to get worse because I'm sending the Babylonians, and they're going to come through and make your bad situation worse. And Habakkuk's like, how is this a solution? Like the Babylonians are worse than we are. Mm-hmm. How can that be? Question number two. And question number three is, if this is true, um, are they just going to keep on going uh, unchecked forever? Is, are the Babylonians, if, if you're not going to stop them for your own people, God, who's to ever stop them? Um, you know, is God turning on this doomsday machine mm-hmm. that is you know, unstoppable? So there's those three questions are how I look at chapter one. As we entered in and already walked through the first part of chapter two, I think God, he gives a response to question one, how long is he going to stay silent? And the answer is, you know, I'm, I am acting, I'm moving Habakkuk, even though you can't see it, trust that it's mm-hmm. happening. And his answer to question two is, are they going to, you know, these people are even worse than, than we are. Well, that's where God brings up the two examples of between the righteous and the wicked. We looked at that in the, the previous mm-hmm. episode. But the remaining question still lingering out there, are they going to continue on unchecked forever? And that's what the rest of chapter two addresses. Will the Babylonians, are they some unstoppable doomsday machine? If you're not going to stop them, God, for your own people, is that going to you know, just mean they go on forever and ever? And God answers that. Does that make sense? Yep. I like that. Okay. It was longer than a minute, though. Sorry. <laughs> it's a minute in the Van Heidsmo world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're picking up at verse 6. Verse then. 6. And we're going to cover 6 through 11 today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let me read verse 6. God is still speaking. He's answering Habakkuk. Shall not all these, this is the ESV, shall not all these take up their taunt against him? with scoffing and riddles for him. We'll stop there. So we have to parse out who is, who's, who's being taught. Yeah, who's the him? Mm-hmm. Who's the these? Because I actually have in Natty's Bible, it says them. Mm-hmm. Um, Not that that's a version of the Bible. <laughs> I like... I, know, I think it's New Living. Yeah. I like the ESV um, because it leaves a bit of the Hebrew ambiguity there. Okay. And to figure out who is the these and who is the him, I think you go back to the previous couple verses. In the previous verses, essentially um, back up in 4 and 5, we're, we're talking about the him in all of these cases is the wicked person. Okay. His soul is puffed up. It's not upright within him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man, never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. He gathers for himself. And here's the other key. We're talking about the him as this wicked person. Mm -hmm. 
He gathers for himself all the nations and collects as his own all peoples. Then we jump into verse 6. Shall not all these take up their taunt against him? So I think the these are referring to all the nations. Mm -hmm. So this is, it's, it's picturesque language. We got to give a bit of a leeway here Mm -hmm. because God is, is he's painting a picture. He's giving uh, a more creative solution instead of just bullet point one, bullet point two. (laughs) And what we see, so verses six and on are this taunt that is um, poetically in a in a picturesque way is being brought to mm-hmm. this wicked person, and it's done through the voice of the nations. So it's more a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. So by God painting a picture, then is it saying more? Yes, it's adding some okay. meaning. So this is if. You're familiar with the concept of a chorus in a play. Right. There, there's this group of people that will come in and they will explain mm-hmm. something. Especially in Greek plays, you would have this group come in and then they would explain what's happening so it's very clear for the audience. Mm-hmm. Here's what's happening or what you're about to see. And this, there's types of choruses even in modern day. I like to look at movies, for examples, like... Mm-hmm. Show me a picture in a movie of how this plays out, and then I can take it to Scripture and see it. So a very apropos type of example is the Oompa Loompas in Willy Wonka. (laughs) I hate that movie, but I totally get it. So they're a chorus in that movie. They Mm -hmm. come in with their annoying song, and they sing about the lesson that this person was supposed to learn. Mm -hmm. And... In doing so, oftentimes the chorus will break the fourth wall. So they're speaking directly to the audience. Right. Now, take that same concept here in Habakkuk 2. God is using the nations, the Mm -hmm. ones that are getting steamrolled by the wicked Babylonians. He's using these nations to rise up and become a chorus to teach the wicked Mm -hmm. the lessons that they are to learn. So that's what's going to unfold in the remainder of the chapter. Okay. And it's broken out into five oracles, five woe oracles. So you can imagine now the nations like the Oompa Loompas are going to come out five times and mm-hmm. sing their, their songs. <laughs> I know. Like, That'll okay, be a fun graphic. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me sing. I don't. But that's... That's how you can understand this chapter. Okay. Um, and now that helps you picture it, but a couple tools that are helpful is what is a woe oracle? And this isn't just an issue for Habakkuk. You're going to see it in other prophets. It was a, a form of curse, a type of curse that would be brought out and the woe, here's another possible graphic for you. Okay. There's three elements to a woe, and they're pretty easily identified in all five of okay. the woes here. First, it's the woe is, is stated, like what, uh, what it is. Okay. The second one is the threat 
that's going to come about the the punishment okay and then the reason why so the woe statement mm -hmm. the threat that unfolds and then the reason why the woe statement is and if you're happening. not seeing the word woe in your version go find a version because yeah. esv has well niv has well the new living yeah. does not have woe that'll help people yes yeah find look at, it faster. yeah definitely check okay. out some some versions that in case you don't have the word whoa and and is that those three things is that for every woe in scripture or just these five right now definitely it applies to these five there are i would say these are guidelines okay you know you may not see them always in every instance okay but you're going to see these kind of these elements typically are addressed if it's a woe oracle. Okay. And I know it sounds technical. It sounds like, hey, I'm not in seminary. Why do I care about this? My my hope for you listeners is that you get tools so that you can come to a scripture passage. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's in Psalms. Perhaps you're in Isaiah, and then it, it's a little bit less daunting. foreign or daunting. Like now you can say, oh, you know. This is a woe oracle. I want to mm -hmm. look for these three elements and see where they are. Because then you start to have a framework that you can interpret right. why right. you interpret what's being said. Understanding some of the Old Testament gets so hard, and especially yeah. some of these prophets, it's like, I don't get it. Yeah. So if I know, okay, I see the word woe, mm -hmm. then I at least know what I should be looking for or finding or understanding as I read it. Yes. So, okay. And then... With a woe oracle, the essentially what the writer or the speaker is communicating is the person I'm speaking a woe to is as good as dead. Oh. It comes from a lament. It's like a mocking lament. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's why they categorize it under curse because it's as if you're projecting doomsday. You, yeah, you're going to die. Okay. I'm, and it's this ironic lament for one who is as good as dead. Jesus uses the woe. Mm -hmm. oh, woe yeah. to woe you, to scribes. And, yeah, and in Matthew 23, woe to you, scribes. And, they yeah. have Matthew it's memorized. To, and ultimately, it's to get attention. It's okay. to get the attention of the audience. Because it, it's, it, it's a word that grabs your attention then. Yeah. And then you kind of listen and know... And this isn't woe as in hold the horses back, woe. It's <laughs> woe as in I'm grieving. Too. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So that's what we're getting into now is. Yeah. And there's five in the remainder of this chapter. We'll cover uh, two quickly and then save the last three for next, um, week. next week. Okay. Um, so verse the second half of verse six, woe to to him who heaps up what is not his own. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we can already identify, the first element is the woe statement, identifying the party. Well, it's people who take stuff, thieves. essentially. Thieves. And verse 7, will not your debtors suddenly arise? Oh, let me back up. Yep. So woe to him who heaps up what is not his own, for how long, and loads himself with pledges. It's important. Will not your debtors suddenly arise and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoil for them because you have plundered many nations. All the remnants of the people shall plunder you. So 
if you look at the three elements, the woe statement is woe to those who load up on pledges and take stuff that isn't theirs. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's under that umbrella, woe to you. And the threat is you're going to be spoil. Okay. You are going to be plunder. You and, reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the general pattern in all of these. Okay. Is there's an ironic punishment for each of the groups that are identified for the woe statement, and it all fits with their particular sin. Okay. Kind of like Haman getting hung on Mordecai's mm-hmm. gallows. Yes. Okay. So these people have not only stolen, but they have, people have taken loans out and they've given pledges and the Babylonian, the wicked person that these nations are singing about are saying, um, he's saying, I want that collateral. Uh, Basically, Mm. you took out a 30-year fixed rate mortgage on your house and in year one, the bank says, we want all our money or we're taking your house. Okay. Like, wait, I have 30 years to get this paid off. And they're saying, nope, it's ours. And they're just doing that on a national scale. Like, so, and what that would have done in the ancient world is not only do you get their stuff, you get the collateral, but it ends up turning people into slaves because they would go into sure because you can't pay it debtors off. prison mm-hmm. so now you have not only their collateral but also them as slaves to do with as whatever you would so woe to those that are stealing these pledges well what's going to end up happening is they are going to be plundered themselves and then it but it's even going to be worse because you're getting plundered and now you're a slave right okay but it, what i was in, in this, the woe oracle, the threat that's coming back upon them is now, yes, they're going to be okay. treated the way they were treating, right. the way they were treating right. others. Okay. And then the reason is because they were plundering okay. the, the land, the wealth, they were taking things. So here, the nations are saying the lesson you learn is don't increase your wealth by seizing other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't force them into destitution. If you plunder, you will become plunder. Okay. The second one begins at verse 9. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house to set his nest on high to be safe from the reach of harm. So this sets up this person now is, I call the woe number two is for the nest builder, the one who... He's attempting to create this unreachable house way up on a hill. He's he's worried about his own security, mm-hmm. his own prosperity and position. But the way he's doing it is through unjust means. Um, you see in verse 10, you've devised shame for yourself by cutting off people. They're doing they're doing things to prop themselves up by stepping on other people. Right. You're going down while I go up. Right. And then the, that's the woe. The threat is that their lives are going to be forfeited. They are going to be shamed. And their security is going to turn into their liability. Okay. So what they're putting their hope in is actually going to be an anchor dragging them down. Instead of going up high, you're going down low. Yes. Okay. And the reason in verse 11 is for the stones will cry out from the wall and the beams and the woodworks like 
the very building materials, I probably relating to the previous woe or things that they stole, mm -hmm. things that were taken. Well, now those building materials are actually going to cry out and protest. We don't want to be used by mm -hmm. you because you grabbed us in unjust methods. So God is saying this to Habakkuk about the Babylonians. The woe is coming. Right. Woe, you Babylonians who were building your houses up high and climbing on people. You're about to fall. Woe to you, Babylonians. Am I yes. getting that correct? Yep. Good, okay. Good question. Um, you Did you have more? No. I th yes. So let's take it up a level here. Um, God is still answering those questions. Are the, the wicked, go on are the wicked going to continue to go on forever and ever? And we see here he's starting to answer okay. no. They will bring about their own destruction. Okay. It's oftentimes we see as even in today's day and age, the life that is lived hell bent mm -hmm. on sin and wickedness ends up like you said, you reap what you sow, and mm -hmm. it has this whiplash effect where it ends up destroying mm -hmm. you. And God is starting to answer this, and what's going to become clear by the very end of the chapter is that, no, they won't keep on going forever because they're actually destroying themselves. Okay. As they're just as they're on their path of destruction, destroying you, it'll event eventually end yes. in their own destruction. Right. We're just not all the way down the path yet. Right. <laughs> Okay. But yes, good good clarification. Okay. So hopefully that's giving a framework and setting up. This is the, the pattern. Now there's right. three more woes yet to go through, and they become a bit more pointed. Um, but I think that... Is that good for today? Good, yeah. Because to me, it, I, what I didn't like about chapter one was there was never any hope. And, there was, and part of it was because God didn't answer the questions really. And now he's spelling it out to Habakkuk and saying, it will come. That destruction, the wickedness will end. There is a time. Yep. You're just not all the way to the end of their story yet. Yeah. Which I kind of like that idea of. Right. Justice comes. Justice comes. Yes. Retribution Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. So next week, come back. If you want, in the next week, listener, Look at the next verses 12 through 20 and see if you can figure out yeah. those three woes. Give us real quick the three, the template you're looking at when you see a woe. There's the... Because um, I didn't write them down because I'm listening and not actively taking notes. <laughs> there's the, the woe statement and then the type of punishment that's coming and then the reason why. And okay. they may or may not be in those orders on the, the remaining three. So Oh, okay. That's watch. good to know. So those of you who want to try to do a little homework, read the rest of the chapter. Try to find the woes and the two statements that go with it. Mm -hmm. And then come back next week and see if you were right. You were right. <laughs> yeah. And then jump on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and let us know. Right. That'd be We'd like to know those of you who are nerds like us. And yeah. see if you were right and how well you did. Which so. one is the one that's out of order? A, has a different order. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it more fun. 
So thanks for joining us. As always, we do have social media, Instagram, Facebook. Erica has a website, ericavanheitsma.com. I have a website, veronicacopenhaver.com, where you can... We are creative. We are. Makes it easy to Google us. But you can interact. You can ask questions. And this way, it just helps. If you say, this didn't make sense, explain it more. Why did you... Why did you say this and I didn't follow you? We love to answer those kind of questions. And if I can't answer it and Erica can't answer it. We go to Brian. We do. (laughs) (laughs) There is often a thread with the three of us. It's like, hey, somebody asked this. How would you answer? So we like questions. We like digging deeper. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.